Hi there, I'm Gemma Hunt, and thanks for listening to this podcast from the Church of England. In this series, I'm sharing inspiring stories from Christian communities across the country, plus ideas on how you can take them forward in your own part of the world. This podcast has been created to inspire and encourage you to take a little time to reflect on generosity. Generosity is at the heart of our faith and the generosity we show is testament to our lived out faith and our generous God. If you found this series at harvest time, many of us will already be coming together to share generosity in our churches, Christian communities and beyond. But wherever and whenever this finds you, the message is the same. You can live generously right now. This time we meet someone who is living and breathing generosity. Andrew Smith is the generous giving advisor in the Diocese of Chichester. I'm an ordained minister. I spent time serving my curacy just west of Eastbourne. Uh, and then I became incumbent rector of St Mary's Fetcham. My wife and I felt a call back to our home in Worthing and uh, I'm loving it, it's great fun. He makes it his job to help people find ways to live more generously and become better stewards. Andrew explained what this means. A lot of it is to do with sharing my experience as an incumbent, but looking to help parishes in any way I can to raise the awareness of stewardship and to help congregations buy into being uh, generous, building a culture of generosity, helping folks to understand how to do that by teaching, by preaching, by providing mechanisms. There's a lot of interest in new technology, new ways of receiving information, receiving gifts, etc., through the internet, through contactless giving, and uh, just helping people as they seek to be better stewards and to be more generous congregations. So Andrew's the ultimate generosity advocate. But what does it mean to him personally? He gave an example of how this was a part of his church in Fetchum. Generosity, I think, is just part and parcel of being a Christian. One of the things that we tried to do when uh, I was leading church was we gave to support the church community, to the mission and activity and ministry of the church, um, but also to give externally to, to help other communities in whatever way we could. So there was a focus on being intentional givers to make sure the church could function, but also external givers so that we could support churches in other places. Stewardship is stewardship of money for sure, but it's a stewardship of time and resources. And so often in today's culture, asking people to contribute financially is a lot easier than getting them to contribute in time because often our friends in congregations are time-poor people. Looking at his diocese now, Andrew has a diverse challenge in helping a practice of generosity become more accessible to different people and social groups. Chichester is, is quite a, a mixed bag, if you like, of churches. There are some urban churches. There's a, a large collection of rural churches. There is quite a, a different dynamic if you take Brighton as being the big city in the middle of the diocese. The dynamic and the churches and the church structures and the people that are attending church is completely different to a rural parish in other parts of the diocese. So it's, it's a very varied patch. 
Andrew's been thinking about how people can be financially generous to the church in an increasingly digital world. I don't carry cash. My children don't carry cash. Providing ways of being generous that don't involve actually putting money in a plate or in a box is, is a good thing. And often churches are struggling to come to terms with that culturally or even just from a technology point of view. You know, some churches are not able to have internet access or things that make that kind of giving much easier. So part of my, my role is to help people facilitate that. I have conversations with people who say, how do I go into contactless giving? And the answer is, well, here's some suggestions. Some of these might work for you. So it's, it's, it's a lovely job to do. There are so many fantastic things happening across Angie's diocese as a result of this work now. But for today's episode, we're sharing a story from his time in Fetchum. I think when you go into a new parish, what happens is that, that God prompts you to do certain things, things that you are perhaps going to do in your term there. My wife and I felt particularly that the church we were going into had been well served by uh, volunteer youth supporters, people that were involved in youth ministry. But the time had probably come to invest more in that. The volunteers had done a good job through schemes like Time for God, but paying for an experienced youth minister is an expensive commodity. We were very blessed in that particular area in Guildford Diocese we had a youth advisor who could come alongside us and the, the PCC to talk about how we might go about hiring a youth minister. And for church, that was quite a big step because it was going to be a significant amount of money. Uh, and he helped us with the PCC to work through the fact that actually the church that we were involved with, uh, yeah, a reasonable sized church of about 300 on the electoral roll, something of that order, benefited from not just a youth minister, but somebody who was well qualified, experienced, and could bring lots of background and lots of, of ideas to youth ministry. Andrew and the team worked out the cost of hiring for such a highly qualified role and the additional expenses of running a youth programme. It was a number that wasn't regularly seen passing through the books of the church. Undeterred, Andrew was convinced of the value of investing this amount in the young people of his parish. The young people are the church of tomorrow. <laughs> if we do not serve our young people well, they will not gravitate to church. Helping them in their faith journey is really important. If you look at the, a lot of the social discussions about where young people are at, a postmodern young person is actually quite a spiritual person they wouldn't necessarily look for their spirituality in conventional church. They would look for it elsewhere. And what we want to do is make sure that if they are exploring spirituality, that we help them with that, that it's something they would see as church as being really important rather than something that actually would represent spirituality of yesteryear. Whether they came from a relatively poor background or a privileged background, really would be struggling with the same things, um, you know, with growing up, with taking their place within society as they move from teenagers into being young adults. Life is challenging. It's challenging in so many different areas. And I think if we can give them a framework, a faith that helps them in their daily journey through work, through life, through all the challenges that that brings, I think it's, it's difficult being a young person now. And I think if we as church can invest in that, and help and support them 
in that journey, then they're much more likely to turn to church as they go from teenage years into university or into work or whatever. Before Andrew could search for a trained youth minister, he first had to raise the cash for the scheme. Fortunately, generosity was abundant in his congregation. Within church, we tried to be very honest, which is a good thing for church people to be, I guess, um, but straightforward. And we, we basically presented this suggestion to our PCC, to the Parochial Church Council. Church got behind it because they could see the benefit of the local community, but also their own children, the mission of the church reaching and helping to support those particular young people. Effectively, the stewardship campaign we had for that year, a tagline was Mind the Gap. My treasurer created a very good campaign. He said, if you travel on an underground, you've got Mind the Gap. Well, the, this is our gap in order to fund this ministry. And the response was, was that we fill the gap. Effectively, we could fund that appointment. The concern was that we could fund it ongoing. The next year, our stewardship campaign basically focused on the benefits that that particular investment had had. And people then underpin that with regular giving so that we could maintain that ministry and keep it going. The giving was all internal. Effectively, we were encouraging congregations to do two things. One was to give one-off gifts, which is very welcome, particularly if they were not regular givers to think about being regular givers, or if they were regular givers, perhaps to review whether they were able to give a bit more so that there was an understanding that the funding will be there ongoing. We also had a significant group of people come actually behind the project and say, yes, actually, I'm going to increase my, my monthly commitment or my weekly commitment in order to make sure that we can keep this ministry going. The scheme was a roaring success, with congregation members giving one-off and ongoing donations to continue investing in the young people of their community. Andrew told me about the activities and benefits Fetchum's youth minister Nathan was able to offer, even during the pandemic. Every year when we've done a stewardship, we've tried to point at things that we've been able to do as church, which we wouldn't have been able to do if people weren't generous. And, and therefore that kind of spawns more generosity. So you provide a youth club for the local community and they get and play pool together and, and table tennis, etc. And at one level, that's got nothing to do with church. But at another level, it's got everything to do with church because we are serving that community and they're connecting with leaders. Uh, one of the things particularly about having an experienced youth minister come in was that he could then train and facilitate our volunteers to be part of that team. So he was a team builder as well. And that team will get alongside the youngsters, whether they were church or non-church, and, and reach them where they were. And that was, that was very exciting. So there was, if you like, for core church teenagers, there was mentoring and, and kind of, if you like, facilitating study. How am I going to get through my exams? How am I going to go to uni? How is that going to work? But there was also connection with the local community saying uh, we're here we're church come we're not weird come and join us and enjoy yourself with us and that was also very important too we wanted it to be a safe space somewhere where people could hang out and share their challenges and often it was to do with relationships it was to do with school work it was to do with exam pressure it was to do with just the dynamics of their particular social groups 
it might just be that they were bored actually you know they were sick and tired of doing tv games or whatever or, and they wanted something that was different and so we provided that the whole point of having this full-time experienced person was that it wouldn't just do the work but would then facilitate a team of people who would come alongside that work and be there so uh, that, that was great and that's a, a story i share in my new role in generous giving because actually people can then see that generous giving is to do with mission and ministry and and not just to do with keeping tiles on the church roof for example but it's much to do with growth and with innovation and with serving that community with being able to reach out to that community and be more effective for it In this generosity story, we've heard how amazing things can start with a simple vision. Andrew could see the young people of his church community were getting something great out of the existing services, and his mission to upscale that generosity is inspiring. By beginning with a vision of what he wanted to achieve, and having honest brass tax conversations with the wider team, Everyone was able to combine their ideas and support to make sure the vision and benefits to the community would be clear. And it's great that this drive to serve was and is always a part of our Christian existence. Another thing that struck me was how that figure to fund the scheme and do it right, which at first seemed unachievable, became possible that year and every year after on an ongoing basis because of the congregation's combined love of giving. It sounds like young people from the church and beyond have all found a place to build relationships and spend happy hours that support them through life's challenges. When did you first come to church? Perhaps you first found God as a young person yourself, or found comfort in his guidance during difficult times. Perhaps you've been supported by your church community in other ways at other times of life. I've got a little task to spark your creativity now. How do you think your life might have been different without your church support? Why not take a moment to be grateful and even write a list of all the ways your church has supported you through the years. Now, ask yourself how you can build on that. As generations pass through church, so do new ideas and evolving ways of doing things. The youth minister at Fetchum used online gatherings to keep young people connected during the pandemic, and found out that some even prefer that space. What opportunities to connect and give exist now that didn't when you were younger? Andrew mentioned the rise of contactless giving. Taking the time to educate someone you know on how to use technology and the internet to donate money or communicate is a hugely generous action. And just as we invest in young people and each other, you never know how the smallest generosities can grow as that person goes forward in life. If you're a young person yourself and see a chance to build a bigger youth community in your church, why not lead the charge? Get together with your congregation and friends and see how you could bring people closer and offer activities your community would enjoy. It all starts with an idea.
You can find more inspiration, ideas and materials to live generously on our website www.churchofengland.org slash generosityweek There you'll find more podcasts about the wonderful generosity in our church communities as well as daily reflections and activities to help you live out God's generosity in your own life. I'm Gemma Hunt. Thank you very much for listening. God bless.